Welcome back to the Rotation Podcast. This is episode five. I'm Mason Lieb alongside Jake Nissy. Jake, let's get right to it. You've been listening to music that was not made by humans. Go on. Yeah, just absolute test tube music, Mm -hmm. lab music. Mm -hmm. I've uh, I've found myself down a rabbit hole of AI music, Mm -hmm. and it is... It's crazy. And do you want to just inform the audience that might not know what AI music actually is? Yeah, so artificially intelligent, That yeah? Mm-hmm. Artificially intelligent music, um, not made by a human. Mm-hmm. So essentially, you know, you've got Kanye West singing a song he's never made before. You've got mm-hmm. Frank Ocean singing a song he's never made before. And there's these just advanced... So say hypothetically, you yeah. could have Chief Keef uh, on the track singing... Frank Sinatra. You could. In okay. fact, I actually heard Kanye West uh, with a British accent doing Pink Panther S and okay. Ice Spice. Okay. Yeah. And anything no. you could think of, if you could throw it in, I mean, I, I don't know how to do it, but anything you can think of, you could throw it in an AI filter. Um, and uh, so I'll yeah. say this I'm wholeheartedly behind it until the point that we reach artificially intelligent auto-generated podcasts that cover the intersection of sports and music, that's when I think I'll feel it. we've gone yeah, a bit too far. They could never. They could never. Yeah. They could never. Have you been listening to any human-made music? A bit, yeah, yeah. Um, a little bit of... <laughs> you, yeah, only only robots. Yeah, well, no, tell me about your human tracks. Yeah. A um, little bit of the new Daniel Caesar album. I haven't actually finished it yet, partly because I haven't loved it. Whoa. But... Um, Has King Caesar lost his touch? <laughs> uh maybe i actually was saying that to a friend the other day um i think his music has shifted in a way that i personally am not incredibly fond of i think it used to be a bit more jazzy unique and it's sort of more in like a little bit more of a mainstream r&b lane right now Mm -hmm. okay what do you think uh, you know, from what I have listened to, I really like it, but I'm a sucker for Daniel Caesar and I, I love the soul. Um, yeah, but interesting. I, uh, personally have been kind of bouncing around genres as I tend to do. Always. Um, it's the genre Drake, bender himself, the genre bender himself. Uh, it is Drake release week search and rescue. Did you give it a listen? I did. And I also heard the, uh, Kim Kardashian sample in there. Yeah. Um, the song reminds me of you. Yeah. I need someone to be patient with me. And I think that through our working relationship, you've exemplified patience and fortitude. Yeah, and anyone who's friends with Mason or, or a foe of Mason who's mm-hmm. listening patience. Can, can relate to that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've also not been musically ethical, much like you listening to a new Zach Bryan leak, although he did put a clip of it on Instagram. And so I'm not going to call it a real leak of a song oh, called, all right. that's of not, a song yeah. that we're, we're tentatively calling Dallas. Um, working title so playing around in the country genre something we will touch on later on this episode why don't you go ahead and tell us about the guest yeah so this week we had dj pause aka austin powelka he is the nuggets dj he's been around the team for a while he's been a ball boy he's been what do you say the timeout coordinator he's really he's really he's done it he's done it he's really got djing in his blood uh his dad is a is a famous dj as well um, and was sort of a, a pivotal house uh, DJ in the in the Denver scene, and now actually is the is the Suns DJ or the Phoenix Suns. So Austin has had a really interesting path uh, 
to where he's been now. And uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, we're really excited to get to Austin. He touched on everything Nuggets as they ramp up for this playoff run. Before we get to him, stop what you're doing right now. Give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter. On Instagram, that'd be Rotation Pod. On Twitter, that is pod underscore rotation. Once you've done that, get back into podcasts. Get back in your seat. And let's listen to Austin. All right, everyone, we're here with the Nuggets DJ, Austin Powelka. He was one of four DJs in the NBA bubble a few years ago. He's performed alongside Tiesto, Elenium, Machine Gun Kelly, Shaq, and he's gearing up for the number one seed Nuggets in the playoffs right now. Austin, how are you? Good, man. How are you guys? Thanks for having me on. We're good. Thanks Thanks so much for doing this. This is our first episode with... Uh, you know our our proper professional mic, so it's fitting that we got we got a sound professional. We got a sound guy for the good mics. Yeah, yeah, love it. So, uh, Austin, we know that the DJing business sort of runs in your family, um, with your with your dad DJ Tribal Touch, um, also the son's DJ, if I'm correct. Just give us a little bit of uh, you know the path of how you got into DJing on your own now and how that sort of went. He's kind of a, a local legend here in Denver. He he was kind of a part of like the first real wave of house music and like underground house parties that started here in Colorado. How he went from the Nuggets to the Pistons for a couple of years, and now he's the director or the I believe the director of game presentation for the Phoenix Suns. Awesome. So it kind of all started when I was when I was around eight or nine years old. He was working for the Denver Nuggets in the game presentation department, and I mean he kind of threw me into a situation that I wasn't really familiar with at the time, but I started announcing the, I, I started doing the starting lineups for the Denver Nuggets when I was about eight. That's, that's pretty wild. Can you walk us through that as an eight year old? You're sitting there in front of a PA mic and, and whose names are you announcing? And did you be like, Iverson back you then? Nuggets fan? Yeah. Al Harrington. Yeah. Back then it was, we were still like this Nuggets color back then. So like, this is like Jawan Howard, Nikolai Skidishvili, Jalen Rose. Um, and let's see who else was probably on that team. Yeah, I, can, I don't even think I could name any more of those those guys. Bird, back Birdman, or maybe a little little before Birdman. Yeah, 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 a little before Birdman, and then I was definitely doing it when it was this Nuggets. So I have like three generations of like Nuggets right here, but like. Yeah, so I started around this one, and you know, I I, I started doing PA announcing, and um, I did that for probably about five seasons until my voice got like too deep. I wasn't really cute anymore. I was I was like a middle schooler with long hair who liked to skateboard and listen to pop punk. So like, I wasn't really that cute anymore. Um, but yeah, I went from there, and I've kind of done like a lot of oddball jobs with uh, with Cronky Sports throughout the years, and. I was a ball boy for two seasons. I threw t-shirts wow. for a handful of seasons. I wrapped cable for the cameramen for a couple seasons. <laughs> I, you name it, and I probably have done it in the building. And then, obviously, you know, going going back to my dad's roots, he was a he was a DJ like my my whole upbringing, and it it was kind of around the house all the time. Whether he was you know recording mixes or just like getting new music and stuff all the time. I, I, I kind of, you know, was, was uh, subject to it at a young, at a really young age. And 
Um, that being said, my dad would take me out to like DJing formals and I would have to learn how to set up and tear down all the DJ equipment, formals, bar mitzvahs, weddings, you name wow. it. I, I got yeah. to do all that. And it, and it kind of ended up just being an easy decision. Like we have a DJ that works for us. And at the time I was a timeout coordinator for the game presentation department, which means I sit next to the PA announcer, Kyle Speller. And I was kind of the eyes and ears for our department on headset to know what's going on on the floor, which means like, you know, not everyone has eyes on the court at all times. So I'd have to be kind of there to be like, Oh, that was a traveling call or, Oh, this, the, you know, the coach is challenging this kind of, kind of being the eyes and ears to the entire uh, game presentation department. So you, so you swung some games, you, you swung some games. It sounds like you were, it sounds like you were Mr. Game day operations, just all, th- all things game day operations. I wish, I wish I could, I wish uh, I could, I could get the credit and, and be that, but I have definitely been around game operations for my entire life. And just going back to eight-year-old you, out of curiosity, did, did you was the idea that you sounded like a cute eight-year-old on the mic, or were you like a were you just like a naturally born brilliant PA announcer at the Prodigy age of eight? on the mic? I definitely wasn't using my eight-year-old voice. I, I when I was a kid, I was obsessed with the Lion King, um, and I would growl at people that I didn't know. So like, if my dad introduced me to someone I didn't know, I'd be like, Ur. and like that was my way of like. I don't know. I guess that was my like my uh, my security blanket of telling people that I didn't want to talk to him. But that kind of came out when I started announcing, and I was eight, so I would growl and kind so of. So you're like a young DMX on the mic. Yeah, yeah. So that kind of that was never really practiced before. I was kind of thrown into it on kids' night and or on on yeah, and it kind of stuck. And then from there, I did it for the next like five four or five seasons and it was it, it was cool because like i said kind of getting to see that early that early wave of nuggets basketball with you know juan howard nene hilario back then oh, yeah. um but it you know kind of kind of seeing where where those players when i was eight are at now you know in their in their basketball careers so obviously you know you, you kind of went through all the the game day uh the ladder if you will you're the dj now how do you sort of see you know your role as as a dj um, game presentation is, as you call it also, is it, you know, trying to give the players an edge, trying to get the fans up a little bit of both, you know, what is sort of the, the, the approach that you bring to that? I think it's, I think it's both. And I think it's, um, it's a really important position when it comes to professional sports, because it, I don't think like when you're in it, when you're in an arena with, you know, 18,000, 20, you know, whatever amount of people that are in there, it's, it's a lot of pressure to to match the song with the moment. Yeah. And that's kind of what I've prided myself on with like not missing the moment. So it's like if the Nuggets were on a run and we're playing great, but then all of a sudden the opposing team comes in and, and goes on a run and the Nuggets go down by four, I'm not going to play a really high energy. Yeah, let's just like forget about what happened kind of song. It has to kind of match the moment. Like, all right, boys, like let's, you know, let me play something that might like, get you guys back in your bag or like get you guys to be like, all right, let's go out there and like handle business. So the, so fo- f- sorry, follow up there. What do you play when you're getting blown out by 25 points in like the late third quarter? What do you, what do you add boys? Thankfully this year, we, we haven't really had anything like that this season, but in, in years past, if there has been a game that's kind of gotten away from us, that's when it kind of turns from the, you know, the energy, like, 
trying to trying to apply that energy to the team and you got to kind of keep it in the building so it's like in that situation you know you're taking a couple more possessions off as far as like offense defense chance you're letting kind of the environment kind of dictate what's going on um in my first couple years we had a few of those games but even in those like you're just trying to keep things fun energetic and and upbeat for the fans in the building but yeah, going back to your first question, it's it's I think, you know, a lot of a lot of what I focus on is is keeping the is matching the the music to the moment and also making sure the players are hearing the songs that get them going and that when they're when they're in their bet like, you know, obviously all the songs that I play are edited so they can't say all the crazy things that the in the songs that they like to listen to, but it's definitely also another big aspect, you know, if if Jamal Murray goes and has a massive play, I have a song, I have a list of songs that he likes that I can go into timeout and keep the energy high and also kind of let like let him know, yeah, yeah, like you're going crazy. You're gonna like your song's playing now. So like it, those types of things. Yeah. It's so funny about you saying like kind of matching the moment because um I'm personally I'm a big Nets fan. I actually saw you guys beat us pretty recently a couple weeks ago. Um and it just bugs the crap out of me if we're down like 16 and they're doing the t-shirt toss and the whole stadium is going crazy <laughs> and like i'm just sitting there moping with my friend who like i usually go with my same friend shout out to blake like we're, we're there to it's almost like a business trip like we're there to root on our team and like when it's not going well like i'm not about the t-shirt toss and all that um but i mean i guess when things are going well like what are what are your go-to tracks? Like you say, if Jamal Murray's in his bag, if, if Jokic is playing well, like what are your, what, what do you like to play when, you know, when things are going well? So like, usually I, I have a, I have a pretty good idea of what the guys, like the artists that the guys really like. Yeah. Some of them are a little more specific than others with actual like specific songs, but Jamal Murray, if he's going on a run, like one of the songs I play will be like Fireman by Lil Wayne. You know, like you kind of get that, that siren that goes on at the top of the timeout. So everyone kind of knows like, and like, it's, it's like stuff like that stuff that matches the moment. Jokic, he's a guy that like, I would love for, to play all of, all of his stuff, but he doesn't, he doesn't care about any of it. <laughs> he doesn't care about any, he doesn't care about music. He just wants to win. And like, I mean, I think you guys can kind of see that in his. Demeanor. I was going to say somehow that makes so just much get sense. 30, 10 and eight and go home. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, we've, we've definitely given, uh, we, we've tried it. We've played a lot. We've played some Serbian stuff in arena wow. and he's actually asked us not to do it. Oh, wow. <laughs> What's the reason for that? Is it just, it distracts him or. It's just, I, I don't think the reason he said that it was basically, he's like, I'm the only one that likes it or knows it. So I don't want. Like, I don't want anyone else to have he's, to, like... He's selfless on the court and selfless it. in his music choices. Off the court. Exactly. That's why he's the man, dude. I, I I have nothing but praises to say about our entire team, but Nicola is definitely a, a, a team... A team's... The team's team guy. It's just, yeah. like, you, you can't get any better than a dude who who's selfless on and off the court like that. Totally. We're going to we're going to get into to Nicole a little later, but just on sort of the player relationships note, which which nuggets A, I guess what is your relationship to the players and B, knowing what you know about them, their music taste, who is the best music taste on the team? And that's that's tough. I think okay, so so to start, my relationship with the players is basically whatever they want it to be. I'm I'm always there to to get 
them it right for the game. So I get there about three hours early and I'm always, you know, I'm very, I'm very vocal with them, whether it's on social media or text or even just like passing one another in the arena. Yeah. It can kind of just be as simple as like, Hey, what do you want to hear tonight? Um, I don't know if I could necessarily say, cause they all have good taste. Um, even, even one of our guys this year, who's had just an amazing season and I, and it, he's definitely gotten me out of my comfort zone with playing music, but Bruce Brown was a new addition to our team this year. And he is a massive country music fan. <laughs> I, you know, I had never really incorporated country music into the, into an NBA game, unless it's like a country Western night or a themed kind of night. So that that wasn't necessarily my forte, but he's you know he it's kind of funny watching when he comes out before fans are in the building and I can kind of play all of his like Luke Combs, Morgan Wallen, and and all the guys he really likes to listen to. It's kind of funny watching the other team who's warming up on the other side of the court be like, <laughs> "What is this?" You know. But I mean, the guys that know Bruce know that he's a country music guy, so it's you know it it. it some guys know, but then there's definitely teams that, that that don't as well. But I don't know if I could necessarily say who has the best music taste. I would probably like I think the guy that's the most the most hands-on would be Bruce and Jeff Green text like he'll text me probably every once in a while and just tell me, Hey, let's take this song out of this and can we replace it with Rich Spirit by Kendrick Lamar or like, you know, so I, I don't necessarily I don't know if I could necessarily say who has the best. But they all they all generally do have very good music taste. How strict are your in arena rules? You know, as it pertains to what kind of music can play lyrically, when you can play music, and how do you try and game that? I mean, they're 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 strict along the lines of you know, there's some guidelines with offense and defense. When when you're on an offensive possession, you can't have any words or like uh, vocals or anything over it. It has to be an instrumental beat or something of that nature. Same with defense. It has to be a chant or like, it can't be like a beat over defense. It needs to be a prompt or a, like some sort of, you know, defensive pertaining um, instrumental. Um, also as well, like, as I mean, since you're playing to, you know, on an average night at Ball Arena, it's, it's about 19. This year, I think we had 30 plus sellouts. So we sold out um quite a few games this year compared like compared to our seasons before and and you always got to think about subject matter is like one of my biggest things so like as a dj and being and playing in front of that many people you got to make sure your music is clean because a lot of the music that you know the players want to hear and that is in popular music isn't clean um as far as like curse words obviously but subject matter is a big thing as well so if you're to like a guy won't necessarily be cursing, but he'll be talking about, you know, being in the strip club or doing drugs or trapping or whatever. And not a kind of like, I guess, I guess I just am constantly re-educating myself as to what they're talking about. <laughs> so like, I'm, I'm constantly <laughs> like, urban right, dictionary. what like... does he exactly mean here? Like, is he, I don't think this has to do with food. I don't think this has to do with basketball. So I think that I might have to like, so, more stuff like that, I guess it would just be like really scrubbing the song to play. I think that that's another big thing too, that just because it says it's clean doesn't mean it's stadium clean. So like if 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 you get a song that's on the radio, she somebody like Cardi B would be talking about something that maybe doesn't necessarily pertain to drugs, but it might 
have like a double meaning like oh she is talking about drugs you know without necessarily saying drugs like the word drugs or like but then i'm sure there is some sort of like masked uh like innuendo that is okay because it's it, because it might be so prevalent or, or you know so such a common phrase that maybe it you know yeah yeah um, totally yeah. totally <laughs> you mentioned the uh the beats that can be played and not played with with instrumentals only being loud um on offense and no words i i've always honestly thought about even you know at, at nets games they'll play you know like pretty recognizable songs just just the instrumentals but it's you know it'll be like a fast hip-hop beat has anyone ever said to you or you know mentioned that of that being distracting because I, I i feel like it almost it, it almost seems like it speeds the offense up at times like the what i've what i've seen in person which like could be good but also like i don't know i feel like it would get in my head if i was playing and i had a really fast song sort of rushing me in the shock so on offense i think that it it doesn't necessarily pertain to I mean, in my case, I guess, in offense, um, you're kind of just trying to play something that it, that is, I mean, with our situation at Ball Arena this year, we're not playing, um, like, as opposed to the Nets. Um, in years past, I had, but the last two seasons I've, I've done with the Nuggets, we've been on a commercial music um, kind of agreement that basically... In, in, in order for our social media to be able to post live clips from our, our offensive possessions, I'm playing um but like what's the commercial music that we you know we pay for a subscription that we can yeah stuff that we're not going to get copyright infringed over if we put a clip on on social media over um so that that's been a big a big um a big change over the last two years so it's kind of had had me having to do a little more research on those platforms to get good commercial music because commercial music isn't always you know the same energy as the hip-hop the guys like to listen to or or even popular music that everyone likes to listen to so but on the defensive end when you said like the distracting element when I was in the bubble working for the Spurs when I would do when I was doing a game for the Spurs the Spurs had this philosophy that that um they didn't want any any instrumentals that ascended or descended because <laughs> that so like you know how you hear those like defense like defense but then it speeds up as it goes right so That's since awesome. then i've kind of started to be like all right maybe that can add a little more pressure on our defensive possessions if i'm if i'm playing an accelerating defense chant that right. can kind of make them think like oh this is timed perfectly to the shot clock so i only have maybe three seconds to shoot so like I don't know how much that really works like in the players like psychology of all of it, but I know that I know that teams are aware of it. And like specifically when I was in the bubble, when they talked about that, that's where I was like, light bulb, maybe I'll use that for when I come, when I go back to Denver against maybe yeah. some other teams. If the, if the nuggets go all the way this year, Greg Popovich three years ago, yeah. it's, it's your fault. Um, so, so Austin, you're, you're of a, a native American background. Um, how does that sort of, I mean, to be honest, I'm not familiar with the sort of music that, that comes from that community, but, um, you know, tell us a little bit about what that's like and how that's sort of fed into, uh, your influence influences now as a DJ. Absolutely. I think, um, my dad was always very, was at the forefront of, of letting me know how, how proud he was of his, of our heritage. And I think that, um, 
there there's core there's core beliefs and a lot of core principles in in Native American culture that are that are focused on family and loyalty and and things like that that you know going going into into my journey I think it, it's kind of like kind of told itself without me really even like necessarily applying it to my job so I think that a lot of the the principles that I learned growing up as far as you know your family your tribe your people like you you always want to kind of like pay respects to them and like and 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 not necessarily like what's the word I'm looking for and you you want to you want to you want to provide like you want you want to make it as inclusive as possible so I, I think that that instilling that that kind of core principle of family and you know your your tribe at an early age it made me it made me a stronger dj as a, as a as an adult because i could kind of understand that you know i have my music taste and i know what the players like and i know what songs work in right moments but i how do i include more people and how do i diversify to make the 70 year old that's in the arena have just as good of a time as the, as the six year old sure. that's going to his first Nuggets game. So I feel like, I think, you know, as far as native American pulling in, you know, drawing, drawing inspiration from the native American culture, I think that inclusivity and loyalty and unity all come in, all come into that um, pretty heavily as far as like my approach now. Definitely. Definitely. Um, and then just to get back to, to Jokic, and I'm, I'm sure you'll have something to say about this, the MVP discussion is heating up. It seemed like he was running away with it for much of the season, and then in the last few weeks, it seems like it's sort of leveled out between Embiid and maybe Giannis. I want you to make the case for Jokic for MVP. I mean, honestly, it's been such a it's been such a, an amazing ride to kind of see this last two years of watching him just dominate and 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 do so like with relative ease. Like, it seems like everything he does just is like, what, like how? And I think that throughout the last, you know, not even just two seasons, since he's really come into his own, I think that I'm just like really honored to like be involved with this organization at this time, because it's like, how lucky am I to like get to watch this dude go to work every night? Um, as far as this year goes, I think that, my only real argument, I guess I would say, is like we're in the number one seed. We were we clinched our first our first number one seed in franchise history. I think that as far as like Jokic goes, man, he's one of the most efficient, most like just just like like I said, it make he makes it look easy at how efficient he is and how much better he makes everybody else on the floor. And you know, going back to him being a team a team guy, I think that when it comes to the most valuable player, I think that the most important thing is that you lift up the guys around you. And I think that if, if we're making a case for Jokic and the MVP this year, that he's got to be yeah. the guy that lifts up his team. Right. I mean, like I said, you know, you said Giannis and Embiid are up there too. If, if it's up to me, it's between a Giannis and Jokic. I don't, I don't think Embiid's really in, I think it goes Giannis, Jokic, Embiid, but like, I, this sounds like that's, that's, this sounds like a PR move. You're you're knocking out the obvious number two guy to maybe get a a better matchup for Jokic, but okay. Yeah. Someone's, Someone's been tracking the votes on Twitter actually, and it looks like Embiid is is building a, a nice a nice lead based on the people who have uh come out publicly so far with their uh with their picks. And I'm happy for him too. He's he's been playing some amazing basketball for, for like four years, five years now, and it's like or wait. 
three, I don't know how long he's, he's been back and, and healthy, but yeah, he's, I mean, I'm happy for him if he wins it too. I think that he's, he's had an amazing season. Am I mad that we didn't get to see Jokic get his get back here in Denver? 100%. I think that that would have kind of really established, you know, it wouldn't have been a shot. Like even if I think if, even if the the Sixers had come into the, into ball arena and, and lost and you, and Embiid played really well, I think he probably still would have wrapped it up. Yeah, but yeah. Um, yeah, I, 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 I'm happy for the guy if he wins. I think that, you know, the the process would eventually have kind of come into fruition if he does, if he does pull it out this year. Um, musically, Austin, I know, you know, you, you play DJ gigs of your own outside of the Nuggets. Um, and, you know, it seems like you're, I don't want to pinpoint you too much, but it seems like you're sort of in the house EDM sort of, sort of scene. Um, and, you know, just from following you on Instagram the last few years, it seems like, um, you know, Elenium is not only a guy that you've you've worked with, but have a relationship with as well. Um, what's that relationship with him like, and what what is it like working with him? I guess he's one of my best friends, and he's he's uh, I've known him now for about nine years. So I've known him for a while since before he really like took off, and it's just been really amazing, kind of watching his journey. And he's he's probably like my one of the most inspiring people in my life. Um, uh, him being a former addict and and kind of rising from the ashes as as his songs would say yeah. um i think that it, it it's really inspiring to kind of see someone take back control of their life and 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 do just incredible things with with the with the hand he was dealt and um yeah i'm like eternally grateful for him because he's 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 brought he's kind of plucked me out of a role that I like, I never really saw myself being a, 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 an NBA DJ and then getting to play these massive shows to thousands of people across the country. It's like, it's, I'm just so grateful for it. And I think that life works in crazy ways. And if you're, you know, kind and, and, and you believe that what goes around comes around, it's like, you can do anything you really want to do in life. And like, he's, he's a real, a real role model for me as like a, as like a, you know, you can do what you want. You can do whatever you want to do. So I think that, yeah, the relationship with him and I is, is great. It's, it's, it's been really, it's been really fun this, these last few years to kind of see him grow and like watch both of us kind of flourish in our careers. And, and, you know, he's headlining the Broncos stadium this summer here in Denver. And it's like, it's going to be one of the biggest shows to ever hit in Colorado history. So it's like, it's very inspiring and again I'm 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 very very lucky and grateful to to have had him kind of come into my life when he did you know he got he woke me up and and kind of yeah inspired me to get my shit together if that makes any sense so um and then just last last few questions here as we wind up um I want to know about the best if you can pinpoint one great in arena moment in all your time working with the Nuggets, maybe it was a DJ, maybe it was your time working in game day operations. Can you think of like the the greatest in arena moment? Man, I've seen some pretty epic moments in my like entire life working for the for the organization. It can be non game related too. Yeah, I'm like, so I, to I don't really like. I don't know if I could put that. Well, I guess recently um Aaron Gordon's dunk on Christmas Day over Landry Shamit I mean that was I've never really felt the building shake like that and 
apologies to Landry Shamit, but man, that like I have a t-shirt with him. <laughs> like that's one of those moments that I'll that I'll Sorry to that man know, forever and ever. I I would also probably say maybe the last time Joel Embiid played in Denver, which was 2019, and Jokic hit a, a buzzer beater over over Embiid to win the game after we were down by 20. This this seems a little personal, Austin. Yeah. <laughs> now we're trying to shape oh, a narrative here. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, that was a good one. I also, before I was the DJ, I was there for the game that Russell had the 50-point triple-double and ended our season wow. yeah. um, on the buzzer beater shot, which I think was a, cup, was, was a couple days ago, but, you know, obviously years back, but um that that event i was sitting courtside with the with the pa announcer that was pretty cool to see um i also got to see lebron and 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 mellow's first game against one another wow. as rookies which was pretty amazing um there's too many i i've, I've seen and I, well and i would probably also put the bubble as well as far as like getting to watch the nuggets come back from down three one two times in a row and that was just I mean, us being some of the only Nuggets fans, well, the only Nuggets fans in the building, like it was kind of, it was pretty surreal to get to to watch. Yeah, for sure. Austin, um, you've been so generous with your time. Thank you so much. We, we've got a couple minutes left here on this, uh, this Zoom recording. We want to give you the chance to plug anything uh, you got, you got coming up, going on um in the last couple minutes here if yeah yeah man uh check me out on all streaming platforms pause the music uh p-a-w-s the music um i got a couple big shows coming up this summer i'm playing the gorge in washington with illenium and tiesto and um on memorial day weekend which is going to be pretty sick um i've got a ton of new music that i'm going to start releasing which you know some of the some of the hardest parts of being you know doing both of these both of these jobs is is having is having the balance of being able to, you know, do them both at the same time. So I'm, I've definitely been working on a ton of music that's going to be coming out over the next couple of months. And I'm really excited about it. And yeah, just looking forward to playoffs and hopefully a championship run for the, for the nuggets. All right. Well, thank you so much, Austin. Um, really appreciate your time. And uh, we'll be watching out for the nuggets, not only for the players, but for the soundtrack that we hear throughout the playoffs. Yes. Yes, yes. Thank you Austin, guys so, so much, much for having me. For real, it was it was a pleasure. All right, Austin. Have a good one. There you have it. That was Austin DJ Pause Powelka, the stadium DJ for the Denver Nuggets. Pause as, the music. Pause the music, as well as a talented uh, musician himself. Uh, Jake, what did you think of the interview? I thought it was really fascinating, you know, kind of – Learning about, you know, how he sort of navigates playing for the fans, playing for the players. You know, if, if Bruce Brown wants some country, yeah, uh, whatever Murray Jamal Murray wants to hear, yeah, as well as you know what he probably wants to hear a little bit as well too. Yeah, you know, Jake, the power of human-made music is really special. You should really look into it. <laughs> um, Thank you. I'm going to tonight actually. How so? Action Bronson live at uh, LPR. Wow. Bam Bam Baklava. What a treat. Yes, should be a good one. Thank you all for listening. This has been five episodes. We want to keep spreading the word about the Rotation Podcast. Again, follow us on Instagram at RotationPod or on Twitter at Pod underscore Rotation. Tell your friends, tell your friends' friends, and tell your friends' friends' friends to tune in to the Rotation Podcast. We'll see you next time.